This is episode number 234 with Lisa Messenger. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to today's episode. I'm very excited about this, but I have a very special guest today. Her name is Lisa Messenger, and I found out about Lisa on Instagram probably like, I don't know, six to seven months ago, maybe even a year ago, because I was doing research for a magazine that I was doing, and uh, I saw how incredibly talented she was and how beautiful her design was for a magazine that she has called The Collective. And I'm so impressed with what she's created. She's going to tell you all the numbers she's created, how she's got distribution throughout these airports and Barnes and Noble and bookstores. And she's got global distribution, how she's crushing it, both print magazine and digital magazine, and uh, how she built a business as an entrepreneur in Australia to bring it to the big dogs here in the US. Her whole story or journey of building this from scratch with just an idea and a dream, having zero clue of what she was doing. I think you guys are going to get really inspired by this. So make sure to share this with your friends. It's lewishouse.com slash 234. Share it out with your friends who are want this inspiration. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one, the only, Lisa Messenger. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card. Issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there, the fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it, because together we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender, member FDIC, copyright 2024, U.S. Bank. Nothing beats attending a live event. SeatGeek's site is easy to navigate, so you're able to select the best seats to see your favorite artists with confidence. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app on the Apple App Store. There are more than 70,000 events on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. Plus, your tickets are backed by a buyer guarantee. Download the SeatGeek app and use code GREATNESS20 to get $20 off your first purchase. Offer applies to new customers customers only. Purchase must be over $50. The promo code is single use and valid through September 30th, 2024. Get tickets on SeatGeek now. Welcome back everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. Her name is Lisa Messenger. Thanks so much for coming on, Lisa. Fantastic. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. You are. I think you're the second or third Aussie who's been on the show. So congratulations for making it on. There's not many of you. 
Oh, I'm <laughs> impressed. Thank you. I feel very special. <laughs> now, I want to read a quick little part of your bio, then talk a little bit more about you. You, uh, you have a new book out called Money and Mindfulness about living in abundance, and you have, uh, you know, you've got this magazine, which is really interesting to me. So I'll talk about that in a second. But you're a vibrant, game-changing CEO and a creative director of the Messenger Group. And as well, you're the editor-in-chief of The Collective Magazine, which is where I found out about you. And it's an entrepreneurial and lifestyle magazine distributed in, in more than 37 countries with a mandate to disrupt, challenge, and inspire. In addition, <laughs> you have worked globally in events, sponsorship, marketing, PR, and publishing. You've written or co-authored over a dozen books, and your group has published more than 400 books for companies and individuals. So I'm very excited um, to connect with you. I think I found out about you probably six or seven months ago. I believe someone tagged a photo of yours of the Collective Magazine on Instagram, and I'm I'm a, an Instagram whore right now, just uh, loving it. <laughs> so I'm, I was instantly attracted to the design and the intention of not only the images, but your your language that you use, whether it's you using yourself or your team, but just the way you guys put out great content. I was really inspired by it, and uh, I'm inspired by that lifestyle type of message. So thanks for being here, and I'm excited to kind of, kind of dive in to, to learn more about you and how you've become so successful. Ah, uh, thank you. Well, success. Yeah. I'm just on the, it's the very beginning of a very, very big vision, but let's see where that goes. <laughs> of course. Now I'm curious, what, let's start with the magazine. Why did you start, when did you start this magazine? Why did you start it? And did you, and what was your vision for it? Uh, so it's a good question and it's a completely crazy story. So I had been publishing accidentally books for years. And that's because I decided to write a book about 10 years ago on happiness because I was incredibly unhappy. <laughs> right? And we I had... teach what we need to learn. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I truth? went on this kind of, that was kind of the beginning of my quest for kind of self-development. And, you know, I've since trekked the Western Ghats in India and done, you know, raw food, vegan communes in Costa Rica and all sorts of crazy things. And and so I self-published a book about 10 years ago um, on happiness, which was really just a compilation of what what happiness meant to a whole pile of people in mm. in my own eternal search for it. And, um, and since then, we've published a lot of books, but they were quite one dimensional. And so about nearly three years ago, I just came up with this idea for, you know, why don't I, I felt like I was living in this bubble and I thought I've got access to all these ex extraordinary, inspirational, you know, amazing people. And I wanted to really take that out and give it a bigger voice and platform. And I'd never worked for a magazine. And at the time I had three staff all under the age of 25, none of whom had worked for a magazine either. And uh, so we had no idea what we were doing at all. <laughs> And then decided to go into this industry that people said was either dead or dying. So it was a real recipe for disaster. Wow. Um, but I knew nothing at the time about the digital landscape. So it was largely born out of naivety. And I think <laughs> naivety can be a really helpful it's thing powerful. sometimes because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what everyone else was saying couldn't be done. And, and it just seemed sort of a logical platform for me. Had I have known just how big it would get or how hard it would be. And I think that's, you know, the case for many entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would have maybe been a different story at the time. But my vision was and still remains to, um, you know, to, to tell inspirational stories that are accessible and attainable and relatable. I'd been on the other side of the media for so many years and people would ask me the same old questions and I'd give the same old answers, which was great for our spin and hype. 
but it didn't really help the reader, I didn't feel. And so I wanted something that would talk about, you know, extraordinary people, but also give the kind of how-tos. How did they get there? And what were the tough times? And what's the real story? And so it just, um, it just took off. And, and yeah, and now it's, as you said, in 37 countries, and we've got like about 18 different revenue streams. And, but it's all about empowering people to be the very best version of themselves. And that is my only mandate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll interview anyone as long as they're prepared to be real and authentic and vulnerable and courageous. So, Mm, yeah. I love that. And when did you say you launched it originally? So two and a half years ago, it was launched. Um, yeah, and uh, and it's sort of just been growing since then, and and it's it's been and continues to be an absolutely crazy journey. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you have like every celebrity on the cover. I feel like how do you get all those, how do you get them all to to commit to coming on the cover? Are they all custom shoots, or are they stock images, or are they the relationships you built up over the years? Yeah, so I knew nothing about anything. Like literally, I can't even tell you, even though we'd published a lot of books, I mean, putting books together in comparison to a magazine, and I know you've just written one, and so you will know, I mean, writing it's kind of um, a labor in itself, but then really it's just about editing, proofreading, design, and print, and it's relatively, um, you know, seamless in comparison to a magazine, which in every issue we have between 50 and 93 was our largest um, issues different stories and I've always said we will never syndicate anything so every single story in the magazine we interview other people ourselves now the covers are interesting because the magazine itself is essentially a business and entrepreneurial Uh magazine but in Australia alone there's over five and a half thousand print magazines and so I had to play the game a bit and I always talk to people about you know the um finding that fine line between you know doing good in the world and having commercial acumen and it drove me nuts that I decided yeah yeah, yeah. early on I decided well I kind of have to put celebrities on the cover (laughs) to be able to get cut through to sit next to the Vogue's and the Vanity Fairs and the Tatlers and all the the big guys and to get noticed and as much as it killed me to put celebs on the cover because I was like I just want normal entrepreneurs and extraordinary (laughs) people on the cover I knew that I needed to be placed there in newsstand so that people would actually pick it up. And I thought, well, if they pick it up and they realize that this magazine is all about inspiration and doing good in the world, then I've kind of done my job. Now, I, that's a long way of answering your question, so I'll answer it because it's quite a funny story. The first three issues, I had the um, the biggest kind of names that of people that I knew personally in Australia on the covers. And then I thought, well, this is kind of ridiculous because I'm going to run out of friends soon that are <laughs> well enough known to be on covers. And also I thought, well, you know, my vision was to take it to the rest of the world. And I thought, well, these people aren't going to make mean anything to anyone in the rest of the world. Right. And so... And then I decided after three issues to um, to take a punt and I flew to um, Toronto, which is where they were having the global, um, what was it, the ma- magazine distributors conference essentially. Wow. And that's where I did a lot of the deals. And I thought, well, I can't fly over there with these Aussie covers. Like no one's going to take me seriously. <laughs> and I had no idea, like no idea at the time how to get you know, celebrities or nothing. I'd never been in this world. So I um, I noticed in Australia that, you know, a lot of the big brands were, you know, they obviously have celebrity endorsements and they pay them a lot of money to be a part of it. And and I was kind of desperate and it was like two days before we went to print on issue four and there's a brand called Oli Lingard, which is out, out of Denmark. And they had Helena Christensen as their, um, you know, pinup girl at the time. So I contacted them and said, do you have a, 
a shot that's you know that you're not using as part of your campaign and is there any way I can use it for a cover and they were like of course she's wearing our jewelry we'd love wow. you to so I went to the states with this cover with Helena Christensen on it and then I realized that you know people started taking notice and then I just started really forging relationships with publicists in mostly LA and New York to be honest and you know convincing all of them that we were worthy of you know having actual celebrities that wanted to be in the magazine on the covers wow. <laughs> and um you know and then it's it's complex and and I mean this may not mean mean much to people who are listening but I always say you know don't listen for kind of my world which is now magazines and entrepreneurialism but listen to you know what's applicable because there's always parallels with whatever anyone's doing sure. but um yeah so we started uh forging these relationships and you know bigger and bigger people started saying yes to being interviewed and I think you know success builds success and hype yep. builds hype and all that sure. kind of thing and yeah, and so, but but it's complex. You, I mean, I don't know how much you know about all of this. I'm assuming oh, yeah. a fair bit, but it's you know, you get someone to agree to an interview, but then most of the celebrities are shot um, by you know photographers who often have nothing to do with the publicists, and so yeah. then you have to contact them separately. And so, yes, a lot of it is is buying um, images that you know we have exclusive rights for, and then they have to be approved by the celebrities publicist and on and on it goes. Oh yeah, it's such I mean, it, it can be like to, six months to a year. Oh no, I get it. I mean, just, you know, working with celebrities for my podcast is a lot of yeah. work just making sure because they want to listen to everything. Their PR team, their legal team needs to listen to it first before they can say that it'll go live. And it's just like a, you know, I have to edit video and all these other things constantly. Yeah. It's just a, it can be a hassle sometimes. And I tried to launch, yeah. and I know a little bit about the magazine world, not even in a fraction as much as you do, but I tried to launch a, a digital magazine through iTunes yeah. uh, about a year ago. And yeah. just the process, and this isn't even a print magazine. Yours is print and digital, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours is, yours yeah. is print and digital. Yeah. yeah, and I'll yeah, and I'll talk a bit more about that as well, like yeah. why we've got so many different layers now. So I, I tried to launch a digital one, and I've I've got three issues that are beautifully designed. I mean, they're incredible Ooh. looking, and I spent a lot of time and money on them, but just the whole landscape of working with iTunes and trying to launch it, uh, yeah. it took like three months of technical issues with, with just launching it that I decided to put it on hold because I've got this book coming out that I was like, I'll do it another time if it makes sense, but essentially yeah, yeah. six months of time and energy for not launching something. I learned a lot about the process and that it's extremely complicated and it takes it's a lot so of moving complex. parts. There's yes. so many moving parts. And you so know, for many. for an instant gratification junkie like me who moves very fast, <laughs> exactly. it's kinda like does my head in. Luckily my team deal with all the detail which I'm hideous at and I kind of just swan in at the end of the process and say, Whoopee But um <laughs> you know it's it's kind of interesting because we um we got Ryan Gosling for a for a cover and it was kind of interesting. Once we got him, kind of the world was our oyster and publicists started really? contacting us, which was interesting. And so and I think for anyone in business or indeed life, you know, there's all these catalysts and turning points yep. and aha moments aha moments. And it's just hanging in there long enough and also trying to stop and cliche, smell the roses and remember, mm -hmm. you know, where we came from and all that kind of thing and go, okay. Because it's tough. Every day is tough, but it's also, you know, it's exciting and it's full of high-fueled adrenaline and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big journey. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I know it's similar with my podcast. Once I started to get these A-list celebrities or influencers, um, it became a lot easier to get anyone else I wanted to. 
and they yeah. all, you know, they all agree to come on afterwards once they see the reach, once they see who else has been on there. It's just kind of getting those few people early on to believe in what you're creating. And the yeah. thing that the thing I love about your magazine is just so it's designed so beautifully and it's so inspiring that who wouldn't want to be on the cover? That's the, that's yeah. the thing. It's because you do a great job of delivering it so that Thank people you. can receive it in a an inspiring way. It's just so lovely. So I'm curious. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm curious. What's um? Do you have like distribution numbers as well? Because two and a half years is not that long for a magazine to be out. Can you give numbers uh-huh. on circulation with the print and also digital and and talk about some of the um, the revenue streams that you you bring revenue in from? Yeah. So yeah. So we yeah. Let me start with the different revenue streams because I think sure. this is an important one. Um, when I get asked, and you probably get asked this a lot as well, I do a lot of public speaking now, and um, and the similar themes in the questions are kind of like you know people say to me, "Where are you going to be in five years?" or you know, and I'm like, "I don't know where I'm going to be in five days." Now that's <laughs> exactly. not to be <laughs> that's not to be facetious or complacent, but what I mean by that is, I think so many people get attached to a specific outcome or, you know, they don't surrender to a process. They have, this is what it's going to look like. And they Mm. spend, you know, they might write a business plan that's a hundred pages and it's, it sucks up all their time, energy, money, and everything else. And then, you know, they're destined for a huge failure. If indeed at the end of it all, there's no market. And so what I say is, um, my, what I stand for, my vision is unwavering and it is absolutely 100% resolute until the day I die. And that is now to be an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs, living my life out loud and showing that anything's possible. And with the collective platform, it's all about um, showcasing inspirational brands and extraordinary individuals and empowering people to live mm. their best life. Mm-hmm. So that will never change. But what I really talk to people a lot about is it. The platform now is completely irrelevant. It doesn't really matter if we're delivering a print magazine, if I'm doing a podcast with you, if I'm doing a speaking gig, if I'm writing a book, if we're, you know, yeah, um, social media, we do a lot of events and all that kind of thing. And what I looked at, and I mean, I think, again, don't, for listeners, don't think about magazine land, but think about how this applies to you. But I looked at the traditional magazine model and luckily, I mean, doing books, I'd never had any advertising dollars in my life. So while traditional magazines were reliant on ad dollars, I was like, ad dollars were just a bonus for me. So from the very start, I thought very differently. And I was like, I just had no expectation about ad dollars. So I came at it from a different angle. And most people, that's the 90% of the income, right? A hundred percent. And so like our, we sell a, page in the magazine for $8,000. But um, I thought, and you know, a lot of time you have to discount to $5,000 or whatever. And so um, the print magazine in Australia alone costs me $350,000 an issue. So each month to put it out. So I was like, well, if we're selling individual ad pages at five to eight grand a page, that's going to take me a long time. And as you said, when when you're an unknown, why are the Chanel's and the Nike's and all the big brands of the world Uh even going to come near us? So I thought about it from a very different perspective to start with and I went instead to big brands like big banks and people and I said, I want you to give me $50,000 a month. So it's kind of like so counterintuitive. But I said for that, you know, you can have 5,000 copies of the magazine that you can use as premiums, incentives, gifts, rewards, get them out to your community. And, you know, um, mm. whilst so we don't syndicate. I pre-sell. I pre-sell everything. I never, ever Amazing. do anything until I pre-sell. That's, that's what I preach all the time for entrepreneurs. When you want to create an online course, which I've done many of them, 
I always say yeah. do a webinar, sell it first, and then if people buy it, then you give it to them in the next couple of weeks. But never spend yeah. three to six months developing something unless you yeah. know people are going to buy it. Yeah. And that, oh, we sound like we're from the same gene <laughs> we're pool. From, we're from the different parts of the world, but the same mindset. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so actually, um, I mean, I, I talk about this in my first book, Daring and Disruptive, but I actually probably knocked on 80 doors and I'm sort of from the wow. Lisa Messenger school of fail fast. So that was kind of like not failing fast, huh. but also when you know you're onto a good idea, I just really believed in the magazine so much. And finally I, went to Australia's largest bank and they had a campaign at the time called can it's all about, you know, you can. So I thought, well, they can't possibly say they can't. (laughs) That was my irrational logic. And I met with the chief marketing officer after stalking him for about three months. And I said to him, you know, I, I, you know, this is my vision and everything. And luckily he was still a big um, advocate for print and also for entrepreneurs. And so he said, how much do you need? So that, First deal, I mean, I had a couple of, you know, indicative pages of what I thought the magazine would look like, and it has iterated many times since then. But sure. um, I just said, look, I need 200 grand, and it was 50 grand an issue for the first four issues, which just gave me a bit of, um, you know, financial help. But also what it was was that someone outside of me believed in me, and I was suddenly accountable to someone else, and I felt like I really needed to deliver. And so, um, so you know, that's how it kind of all started. Mm, yeah, but so we have cool. many, many different revenue streams now because I realize that, you know, we need to be where our readers want at a time they want, you know, on a, in a format they want. And so some people want to come to events and interact with people from the pages of the magazine. Some people want to, you know, go on the website and get their daily feed. Some people want to sit down with a magazine once a month. Some people would just want to scroll through Instagram. So I'm very aware of that. And it's something also that helps us to be an integrated platform to bring you know all our partners on board and yeah so it kind of working and we're still keeping our head afloat somehow <laughs> yeah that's cool and so what are like the uh one of my favorite parts about my job is that i get the opportunity to travel a lot and actually i was thinking about something i wanted to share i get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas so here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go like i am When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience. But there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Like you're treated special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers, but then ignored and overlooked later on. Or your partner gets a wandering eye, like how some wireless carriers start focusing their attention on newer customers. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to the yada yada. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free 
5G phones when you join, get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Rebel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of the customers feel valued. That's not a yada yada. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metro Flex plan. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What are the maybe the top three to four revenue streams, maybe the, the main ones that are people know about? And then maybe what are two or three that are like creative, interesting ones that you didn't know were even possible until you started doing it and then you realized, well, that's pretty cool. We're making money there. So, I mean, the print magazine is definitely the the leader and, you know, people often say, I mean, it sucks the most money and resources by exactly. far. <laughs> it's the least profitable by far. In fact, it doesn't even make a profit. It makes a loss still two and a half years yeah. in. Yeah. But it's, um, it's so important because in an age where, you know, there's so much and you will ex- have experienced this, it's hard to get um, cut through online because there's so much noise. And so... For me, having something physical and tangible, and a lot of what we've done is we do a lot of sampling, and um, I have three people now who purely work full-time on non-monetary partnerships. So we look at you know, what big conferences or events for entrepreneurs and creatives and designers and all that kind of thing can we partner with, and, and I realize now that a lot of my um, currency is content, so we can do mm. stories on all of these fabulous people as long as it fits with the integrity of the magazine but in exchange you know they can sample magazines all sorts of different things so we're always looking at who are like-minded non-competing partners that we can collaborate with so the print magazine is definitely you know a leader and a really important part for us um events absolutely um we just did a, a big one yesterday in sydney and they're good for revenue because now we you know get um we often do a contra with a venue so again thinking differently and rather than paying for the food and beverage and things we'll say well can you you know can you host the event and cover all the food and bev and the venue hire and things and in exchange we'll do a story on you so that kind of helps and then we so we make money from the the ticket sales and then now we attract pretty big sponsors to those events as well so the events are doing really well and they're also a way for our community to actually you know interact and things. so yeah yeah um, online, I definitely think is um, where our biggest um, share of revenue will come from, just because there's you know no ba- there's no boundaries in terms of what we can do. <clears throat> um, pardon me, that's still something that we're you know we're working on and trying to figure out. But collectivehub.com is kind of where it's all happening yeah. at the moment. It's and then design. my book. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. as I said. Um, Whilst, whilst really the platforms are all about business and entrepreneurialism, I wanted to, you know, I think it's funny, people kind of 
a lot of the time think, okay, we're a business magazine. We have to look really dry and boring. And, you know, and I just thought, well, I want it to look beautiful and have an incredible design aesthetic and make it um, look like a fashion and design magazine. So it's this kind of weird mm, morph cool. of the two. Yeah. And uh, and my books, I mean, they have just gone nuts. And I think it's really? because I'm quite oh, insane. Like, um, I just I did a pre-launch for Money and Mindfulness, um, which doesn't come out till the first of October. And yeah, on day one, we did I think sixteen hundred copies just online wow. off our own website. And I love that now because my deputy editor Mel was my first employee um, over ten years ago, and then she went and had kids and came back. And she says to me, you know, it's nice having someone who's been around you for that long. Because she says to me, we have to remember, you know, there were so many years where we would sell maybe three books a month, if that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's really beautiful now, and I think it's because. Um, well, you'll see if you if you read my books. Um, I'm very sort of self-deprecating, and I talk a lot about, and which is true. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time, and I'm very <laughs> honest about this is the journey. This is how much it costs. This is how I'm doing it, you know. And I think people have kind of gone, oh my god, well she's just like kind of a nobody. If she can do it, we can do it too. So I think right. that's why there they they like it. <laughs> yeah, you have what I call, you know, I talk about in my book, uh, a principle of greatness called hustle. And for mm-hmm. me, you're just constantly, you don't know what to do, but you're willing to figure it out. You're willing to dive for what I say, the loose balls in life. You know, the mm. athletes on the sports teams, they're always going to have a starting spot or on the team if they're willing to dive and sacrifice for the ball when everyone else isn't willing to. The coach will always play that player because those loose balls are what matters the most in every single game when they're close at the end. And it yeah. sounds like it sounds like you're willing to put your neck on the line, sacrifice your your body, your mind, your, you know, uh, your, <laughs> whatever sure it takes. the body thing yet, but <laughs> whatever know, it takes. <laughs> you know, by not, by not going, you know, by staying up late some nights and, and, and you know, building relationships, yes. those type of things. Um, yeah. And doing whatever it takes. And you, you have this art of the hustle that I call, and uh, you go for it. And it's it doesn't have to be perfect. And everything you've done doesn't sound like it's perfect, but it's purposeful. And that has been uh, kind of the guiding light for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, it's you've got to get your hustle on every single day. And sometimes it's tough and you are, you know, paving new ways and doing things differently. And yeah, it's, yeah, but you just got to do it. So what are, uh, you know, what's, what's bigger right now, the digital circulation or the print circulation? And, and are you able to share some of those numbers? I'm terrible in terms of numbers. Um, <laughs> that is more... <laughs> I'm not sure numbers. I've just written an entire book about numbers. I know all the <laughs> I know all the sort of top level numbers, but um What's the reach look, for, the, for for both? So in the print magazine we print at the moment 140,000 copies. So it's pretty yeah. sizable. And mostly um, in Australia, right? Most of that is in Australia and then we ship out to the other regions um at the moment from Australia, which is an extraordinarily expensive thing to That's do. Lot, um yeah. Yeah, so for example, in the US, we're in every single Barnes and Noble store, and now really? all Hudson, yeah, and That's all great. Hudson and Hudson News. But the the tricky thing about that is, you know, I'm not on the ground over there, so all the other mm-hmm. 36 um, deals outside of Australia are distribution deals. So, um, 
you know, a lot of it is organic growth at the moment, but thanks to you and, you know, many people in the U.S., we've had a lot of incredible support. So it's definitely kind of growing over there. Um, the ideal scenario would be to, you know, move over there for a while and sure. actually, you know, print in the U.S. and put some real kind of rigor behind it rather than letting it kind of grow organically. Yeah. But you can't, you know, you can only take on so many things at once. And um, so I've got to kind of maintain focus where I can. But as I said, I will be spending an increasing amount of time in the U.S. I'm, I was there twice, um, two months ago, twice in a month I was in New York wow. and doing lots of stuff over there. So, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely our, the U.S. is definitely our second market and probably will, you know, in time become our first market. Right. Well, I'm curious now. Yeah. Two and a half years launching a, a print magazine. How do you get into Barnes and Noble and, and Hudson bookstores and airports? Like, what's the process for that? Like, if someone was launching a magazine, what would you say is the best way to make it happen? You get your hustle on. That's it. <laughs> Look, I think the thing is a few things. So, um, in so I launched in March two thousand and thirteen, and then I think it was October two thousand thirteen. Um, so the first year I did the magazine bi monthly, and then we went monthly. So, um, as I said, mm. you know, on the fourth issue, I um flew over, and what I did was. Before I went to Toronto, I went to the World Magazine Congress in Rome because I thought, okay, I, you know, I, I just did it purely out of naivety for a while and I yeah. thought I better actually go and see if I, if I, um, if I'm on the right track. And it turns out I was, you know, when you start to listen to speakers and you're like, yeah, okay, okay, I'm kind of doing that. And so it was good, but. You know, I'm a big um, advocate of investing in yourself. And it's funny, you put yourself out there and often things that you don't expect to happen, happen. And the first night that I was at that conference, I sat next to this guy, Philippe, who was the global syndication manager for the New York Times, which was wow. just the most extraordinary Amazing. contact. And it's funny having published books for so many years, every single author has said to me, I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list. But they have talked about it like it's this unrealistic thing that's sort of on the moon and it's unreachable. And and so what was interesting in meeting Philippe and us talking to him about our model in the magazine, he said, look, I love what you do. If you're going to be in New York, um, I'd love to set you up to go and um, sit in on the um, page one editorial meeting, which is extraordinary where the 18 divisional editors of wow. the New York Times come together every day and talk about what's going to be on the on page one. And I said to him, well, actually, I'm going straight from Rome to New York in three days' time. So he set that up for me. And um, wow. on the same night in Rome, I met Martha Stewart's vice president, Ruth. And she said, oh, if you're going to be in New York, you should come into the offices. And Shut so up. It was nuts. So in, within three days, I was in New York. And on the same day, I went and um, I went through the Martha Stewart offices and met or her team, and it was the most extraordinary experience. And then Martha ended up, I did an interview with her, and she ended up being what? on our issue eight um, oh my goodness. Uh, cover, which was amazing. She's phenomenal. And then on the same day that afternoon, I went and sat in the New York Times um, editorial meeting, and the editor of the New York Times sat there and held up the magazine. I couldn't believe it. This what? is the Helena, this was the Helena Christensen issue, right? And she, <laughs> And they held it up and said, Look at this! It's little Aussies doing this thing. Anyway, I went back and was invited back to do that New York Times page one meeting a year later, and uh, I don't know what issue we were on. Must have been four plus twelve. I don't know issue sixteen or seventeen or something. And it was gorgeous. She, they held up the issue again, and, and everyone like gave me this like um, huge round of applause and was like, "Wow, wow. look how far you've come!" So. 
doesn't really answer your question. My, the answer to that is I, um, I just started putting myself out there and getting in front of the right people. And as I said, I flew to Toronto and um, every year or every two years, I'm not sure, it's called Distri Press and it's where all the global magazine distributors come together. Mm. And I think the majority of um, people who went there, it's one of those things where you have a meeting every half an hour with a different distributor. And right. we managed to set up on day one 13 meetings with all these distributors. <laughs> and I took my marketing director, Claire, over there with me. And um, and we kind of were sitting there thinking, well, maybe no one will turn up, you know, where these little Aussies <laughs> who know nothing about anything. And all 13 people turned up to the meetings. I think they were fascinated. And I think, um, and we did 13 deals with 13 different distributors wow. from that fair. Um, and I think the reason is when you truly believe in something and you speak from the heart and, um, you know, so many people go into meetings and have PowerPoint presentations and speak to the slides and I just speak from my heart and tell people what I'm doing. And I think, I think they all just were like, whoa, these people have come all the way from Australia and most other <laughs> people there are like big publishers who actually know what they're doing. And I think they all just kind of fell in love with it and were like, wow. we'll give you a go. And, <clears throat> and also... I've done a lot of, you know, we were talking about pre-selling before. I've done a lot of um, weird deals and it's, <laughs> I'm constantly, you know, if, let me give you an example. In Australia, uh, and this happens all over the world, you have to pay, you know, to be ranged in Newport, uh, news, sorry, um, airport news agencies. You've got to pay a lot of money to, you know, be in there and have placement and things. Yes. And it was something like. With magazines or books? Uh, both. Both. Yeah, yeah. But depending on countries and yes. um, and different outlets and things. But let's just as an example, in Australia, in one news chain alone, you've got to pay about $4,000 a week or something ridiculous wow. to be just to have placement in the airports. You're not and even so, going to sell enough to make it back probably. No, exactly. But the thing is, and they all wanted it up front. And then, you know, you have these floor-to-ceiling light walls, you know, and, again, you need to pay up front. And I – so I had to do a lot of um, hustle early on and convince these people because I knew – I didn't want to grow really slowly. I wanted to right. grow, you like know, big So yeah. big splash. So uh, – and so I convinced them that, look, I don't have the money. I mean, I didn't have the money to pay for those things up front. So I said, I will guarantee you profit. Like I will guarantee that I'm going to pay this on the back of it. And so we need, and so people were like, she is nuts. Okay, we're going to give her a go. <laughs> so I got all this amazing placement and then I just had to back it up, you know. And that's where social media has been extraordinary. I think people, I'm a big believer when you give a community uh, and when you empower a community to feel a sense of belonging, they will do anything to help you. So I've always said, whilst I'm the, you know, I'm the only financial um, person involved in the collective at the moment. Um, it's I don't own it. It's the community who owns it. And because I've kind of empowered them to do that, and I make it very much about them, they just carry the message for me, and they amplify and share the cover, and they shout it from the rooftops, and they tell their friends and. I've never experienced anything like it, and I'm just so incredibly grateful wow. every single day. But um, so yeah, I've taken a lot of crazy harebrained risks where I promised people that I'd pay them, like you know, ask about, and <laughs> somehow it's just worked. <laughs> but I talk a lot about. I mean, money and mindfulness is really all about those strategies, and because I don't know if this is so prevalent in the U.S., but. I mean, I hear continuously people saying, I can't do this because I don't have enough money. And, yeah. you know, this 
um, notion of finance and self-sabotage and things and fearfulness around it holds so many people back from reaching their full potential and their greatness. And so I kind of write a lot about how there's so many other ways and cash isn't the only currency and there's so many other ways to do deals and that's when business becomes very exciting. And I also believe that, um, you know, doing good in the world and having money don't need to be mutually exclusive and, in Mm. fact, they go hand in hand and money buys freedom and choice. So I talk a lot about that. That's great. Yeah, I love it. I feel like you're my long lost sister who has the same vision <laughs> and same, same experiences. And it's interesting. I have some fun facts about you and maybe, oh. you, maybe you are my long lost sister is because you were born in central West New South Wales. Is that right? Yes. How do you even know that? <laughs> well, I am a, a quarter Welsh. My grandmother's Ooh. from Wales and, uh, ah. and I believe my, my name is Welsh, which is Howes. I believe it's from Wales or, or Scotland or, uh, or, or England. One of those. I've always tried to look back into it and I always see Welsh descendants. So, really? Uh, yes. So we have something in common there. Also, <laughs> another fun fact I heard about you is that you went to boarding school. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. I was so naughty. <laughs> see, I went to boarding school as well. But but I begged my parents to send me. They didn't even know about it. I just asked them because I wanted to get out of the house and away from the madness at home. At boarding school, how funny because I yeah. actually begged my parents to go as well. Although I'm sure I think my mother was very happy to see me go. She'd kind of have my bag packed <laughs> and waiting at the door for me. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to go back into the to the, the magazine. I'm curious about the digital distribution and how that's been. Do you feel like the digital is more powerful for you because more people are online now and now with the newsstand app, the new news feature, I mean, are you seeing an increase in that or is it more, is it bigger in print? So the print sales, in terms of the the actual print magazine, so we sell the physical copies and then we also sell it across um uh, Zinio and Mag Shop and Press Reader, and the print physical sales are much higher. However, when we go to mm. our online portal, collectivehub.com, um, the traffic I think is starting to, you know, way exceed the the circulation of the print mm. magazine, which is really interesting because the print magazine. So I have twenty three full time staff at the moment, wow. and we have close to eighty freelance writers that we just pull in from all over the world, depending on you know, industry and specialization and where they're based and who they can get access to and all that kind of thing. Um, and that's been a very specific strategy. Um, but what's interesting about that is, you know, until recently, as I said, the print magazine costs about 350000 Australian dollars a month to put out. And the digital, you know, we've been putting probably, you know, with salaries, et cetera, about $12,000 a month. Yet wow. the advertising across online is starting to exceed, you know, in Mac and all that kind of thing. So I've had to really um, do a lot of re-education with my team recently, kind of looking at the numbers and crunching and going, this makes no sense. Imagine if we put the same level of resources into online, like it would just be insane, I think. So we're really really trying to, um, you know, I am trying to sort of teach myself, my team of five, better at all of the digital stuff than me but I'm, I'm kind of getting there but I think that's where <laughs> there's a <laughs> I think that's where there's an sh- enormous opportunity for us you know because sure. well a the print magazine comes out once a month so it's 
you know, we try and make all the stories so that they have longevity and, you know, the the mag is very much like a coffee table read and all that kind of thing and people can dip in and dip out and it's kind of timeless. But, you know, with online we can do, at the moment we're doing sort of four to eight feeds a day with, mm. you know, content. So it's it's a fair bit. But, you know, it's, yeah, there are no boundaries in terms of what we can do online, I think. I love it. I love it. Well, the thing that's cool about you is, you know, in regards to your your business with the magazine and everything you're doing there and your, the book money and mindfulness, you know, the thing I love about it is you essentially said, I have a dream, I have a vision and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it come true. Cause you believed in it so much and you were able yeah. to make, you were able to make a lot of money from that, that belief and that mindset. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit? I want to ask a few more questions, but one of them is about the book. You know, if someone has a dream and just doesn't even think it's possible because they don't know how to make it happen to start just making a little bit of money, you know, a few thousand dollars a month, uh, but they yeah. want they want to start going after it. They want to start doing something. I know you cover all this in your book, and I want to make sure everyone goes and gets it at collectivehub.com. It's right there on the homepage. You can go check it out uh, right there. Thank I believe you. that's I believe that's the link, right? Yes, yes, it is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Would you tell someone what's the piece of advice to get them started? Well, that'll get them a jump start before they get the book on what they can do. Yeah. Well, I think um, for me, it's all about really feeling deeply into what your purpose is or what your why is, you know? And I think, um, you know, that's, that's the best place to start because, you know, once you, once you understand that everything, this sort of serendipity and the synchronicity, it all starts to kind of fall into place. And then the other thing is, you know, you've got to have an insatiable self-belief because if you don't believe in yourself, yes. no one else will, you know, because as you keep, I love that you, you're a hustler as well. Cause I'm a serious hustler. You've got to be out there and, you know, I'm probably, it's so weird. <clears throat> pardon me for anyone who knows me, they would say, I'm an extra, well, from an external perspective, they'd say I'm an extrovert. I'm actually quite introverted. Like mm. I love, um, you know, being home on my couch or going for a run or, you know, I'm or being in the outdoors and kind of just being with a really close group of friends. That's kind of me. And yet now my life is, you know, being on the speaking circuit three or yeah. five, four times a week and like being out there and being really vocal about everything and kind of putting my life on a platter. And that is not my natural mm. state, but, um, but I've learned that, well, I'm not going to make a difference or do anything great in this world by not putting myself out there. And so I, I do that. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, to, to fail fast. I mean, as we were talking about before, I think people get so caught up in, um, limiting beliefs. And I think, I mean, I've done years of, you know, therapy and reading and all sorts of things. So, so I kind of can talk a lot about that, but you know, we have, we all have these limiting beliefs that are, you know, handed from generation to generation or things that have happened in our childhood and whatever else. And so I think the sooner people get comfortable and have a true understanding of what it holds them back and why and, and all of that kind of thing, then all that sort of starts to fall away and mm -hmm. life becomes much more seamless and in flow. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's all about then, you know, once you realize what your purpose is or what you're wanting to do, don't worry so much about the money, like actually just go out and pre-sell and, you know, there's plenty it. of money and there's so much abundance out there and start to, um, you know, start to, to tell people about your vision and people will start to come to you and, you know, provide you with money and, and think about 
what you know what's your currency and what tangible saleable assets have you got you know is it your intellectual property or is it you know whatever it happens to be i mean there are things that you can sell before you actually have to make mm. them and um i mean i fail at least 20 times a day now like quite <laughs> seriously and i and i love it because what i mean by that is they're just small quick failures and it's because of I'm well networked now. I've got some great contacts. I've been building that up over many, many years that I can, you know, ping an email off to um, someone in HR or a marketing director at a big corporate and I can say, hey, I've got this idea. It might be for an event or it might be for a new product or it might be for all sorts of other things. And um, they can quickly come back to me and say, no, that's not going to work or, you know, or I can, then I can iterate or pivot or change or whatever. But I'm going to pre-sell the idea and before I actually make it essentially so I think they're kind of some of the tips um and the one question I ask myself every single day without fail is why why am I doing this because I think as well once you start to have a level of success and you know if my life were a book and it is now (laughs) turning into several very good books but I mean I would say I'm on you know chapter one page one paragraph one really like I have so much more to do and so um, so there's that fine line all the time of not letting your ego get in the way of, yes. you know, the bigger picture. And so whilst extraordinary things are happening and an amazing opportunities are opening up for me every single day, I go, why am I doing this? And the reason I'm doing this is to help other people and empower them. So I go, that's what I'm doing. And, and does everything I'm doing fall into line with that? And do the people that I'm doing deals with share similar values and beliefs? And if so, then, yep, let's move forward. Um, yeah, so so it's just um, I think it's a lot of self reflection and really understanding who you are and and what your purpose is, and then things just start to happen. I love it. Um, I've got three final questions. I want to make sure everyone we'll, yes. have this, we'll have this all linked up in the show notes. So I'll tell you guys where to go to get all this information in a few moments. But make sure to follow Alisa Messenger and at Collective Hub on Instagram. That's where I first found her. Um, uh, and I'll link every I'll link everything up for you guys here in a second. But three final questions. One is, what are you most grateful for in your life recently? Oh my goodness, I I have a gratitude diary I'm like I mean that in the world I live in now that sounds so kind of cliche because so many people have these things I think but I'm grateful for so many things but really I'm grateful for um our community they're the people who just carry us along and lift us higher every day and help me to be a better person so um that I'm extraordinarily grateful for I love it um this these last two questions are something I ask everyone at the end Uh, one is if all of your books that you've ever written, uh, all the magazines you've ever published, all the things you've ever said online have been erased, and it's the final day for you, and you mm-hmm. have a piece of paper, and you get to write down three truths that will be the last three things that you get to share to the world about what you know to be truth about your experience so far, what would you say are your three truths? Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. <laughs> get real, Lisa. Um, I would say anything is possible that I know to be a hundred percent true now and that, um, we are all equal. Um, that's something I know to be sure. I, I mean, I could go on and on about why. Um, and I'd say, um, you know, oh, gosh, you really, I mean, there's so many things, but yeah, what else would I say? There's so many things. <laughs> You've got me. <laughs> so the first uh, one, what yeah, was the first uh, one? 
So yeah, what did I say? I said anything's possible, and you know, it's and like that everyone equal. is everyone is equal. And um, I think you know, be selfless. I would say I think from being selfless and doing things with integrity, mm. uh, extraordinary things happen. So I think mm. that's kind of yeah. what I know now. Okay. It's so easy for us to be selfish and to get caught up in our own. Um, particularly in this sort of narcissistic world, like there's so much, but if you can kind of wind it back and think about why you're doing this and if it's for sort of the greater good and for other people, I think the rewards Mm. come back in so many ways. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, I have one final question before I ask, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Lisa, for your, your your passion for living your dreams, and I believe that not enough people have enough passion for their dreams, so I want to acknowledge you for that passion, for the ability to tackle whatever it takes, knowing that you're going to fail, and, and yeah. getting back up every single day, because that is a very scary thing for most people to do, specifically when you have no money coming in. So I want to acknowledge mm. you for your your joy, your passion for your dream, and for being committed to your vision every single day to serve and inspire other people. So thank you for all you do. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. And I have one final question. And I'm if- scared. This is going to be about kangaroos or something crazy. <laughs> no, or something. No, I can no. feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> It's, okay, uh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> it's what's your definition of greatness? Oh, my definition of greatness. Um, oh, I think um, my definition of greatness. I think uh, probably being truly on purpose and being able to live with freedom and choice every single day. So whatever that means to you. Um, people often say to me now, oh, now the collective's had some success. I, you know, I still laugh at that, as I said, at the very beginning. But I, they say to me, when are you going to exit? What's your exit strategy? And I go, well, if someone gave me $100 million today, I would not sell it for any money in the world. You know, I've wow. spent my entire life searching for what my – purpose is and I finally got it so yeah if I had a hundred million dollars great but I'd still be just sitting there going what's my purpose so Mm. I think you know um, having the freedom and choice um, to to do what you want in the world I think that's that's greatness and Mm. inspiring others yeah I love it Lisa Messenger thanks so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom thank you Lois it's been an absolute pleasure I've loved it you're a fantastic interviewer very easy thanks so much appreciate it And there you have it, guys. This is, again, episode number 234. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 234. If you enjoyed this, um, tell a friend. Lisa, it was such a pleasure having her on. Make sure to follow her over on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and check out The Collective, the magazine, because it's an inspiring magazine. And she is just cool what she's done to build this business from really from scratch and and take it to where it is now. Uh, such an inspiring story. Make sure to check it out. Share this with your friends. Thank you guys again for being here, for showing up each and every week, for listening to this message about greatness, for inspiring yourselves, and for sharing this with your friends to inspire them as well. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.